Floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy holidays, everybody. Hope that you are having a joyous holiday season around your house, probably enjoying it with friends and family. We know that you're probably not swinging hammers this week. That's okay. You can take some time off. We are here, though, to help you with your future home improvement solutions, your do-it-yourself dilemmas, the things that we know you're going to want to tackle in your house. And you know, Tom, why people aren't doing home improvements this weekend? Why not? Because everybody is putting together that new toy, that new bicycle, <laughs> using Allen keys to try to figure out what goes to what, and kids are screaming. Well, you know, we'll take that kind of a tech support call on today's show as well. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Hey, coming up, icy, slippery sidewalks. Now we all know that they're dangerous for us, but. What you sprinkle on them could also be dangerous for your pets. We're going to tell you about a pet-friendly ice-melting solution that will keep everyone safe. And your kitchen has certainly been very, very busy recently. And all of your holiday cooking and cleaning can really do a job on your garbage disposer. Well, we are going to have some great advice on how to clear a jam disposer from this old house plumbing expert, Richard Trithui. Plus, we've got a few quick tricks and sneaky solutions that you can do right now to make your post-Christmas cleanup easier and faster. That's right. It involves picking one needle off your tree every time you pass. (laughs) (laughs) That is all ahead, and we're giving away a great prize. We've got a Dremel rotary tool this hour. It's a great tool for so many projects. Believe me, you will make up uses to just use the tool. So call us right now. It's a prize worth 75 bucks. Going to go to one caller who reaches us today at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. You must have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air and ask us. Let's get right to it. Leslie, who's first? Christine in Georgia, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? We live uh, just south of Chattanooga, Tennessee, in a little okay. town in Georgia. And we're on city water, but and we have a septic tank. And I'm wondering if we can install a garbage disposal. Christine, that's a total, uh, shall we say, old wives' tale. (laughs) Septic systems are not negatively affected by garbage disposers. The only thing that really can impact uh, septic systems is if you have a lot of grease or oil that goes down into them. But, you know, a garbage disposer that simply takes other easily degradable waste and puts it through the system, that's not going to have an effect on it. So you feel free to go right ahead and pick up a disposer. Okay, well, that's what we'll do then. Thank you All very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Lester in New York needs some help with a patching project. What can we do for you? Yes, hi. I enjoy your uh, program. Thanks, Lester. I have some uh, uh, stress cracks in my kitchen ceiling. Okay. Uh, when I clean it off, the uh, the paint chips come off, and it's the the thickness of the defect is only the thickness of a couple of layers of paint. Okay. And I remember last time you said that uh, such uh, defects could be fixed with uh, fiberglass tape and joint compound. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm wondering if the tape would even be too thick, that I would have to use either joint compound or spackle alone. Well, if you've got a crack, the best way to stop it from cracking is to cover it with fiberglass, perforated fiberglass tape. Now, it is thick, and... It's not, uh, it's not an easy project. It takes a, a number of layers. But what you want to do is first sand down that area, 
So you get rid of uh, any glaze on the paint. You get rid of any looseness of the paint. You put the fiberglass uh, spackle, the fiberglass drywall tape down, and then you put uh, probably three coats of spackle and letting each one dry. So you start with something that's around a four-inch uh, spackle blade. You sort of just cover the tape, and you put a little more, a little more, and you sort of feather it out so it goes... So it thins out as it gets wider. Yeah, exactly. Now, after you're done with that, if you paint that ceiling again, and if you use flat paint, we would recommend not anything with a gloss, flat paint, uh, because it hides those imperfections of the ceiling, then you won't see it anymore. But that's definitely the way to fix it if you don't want to see that crack any further. Lester, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Greg in Washington has a question about some mysterious water by the water heater. Tell us about this. I was visiting uh, my daughter in Spokane, and as any good father, sort of checking around her house, see if there's anything I could do. And I noticed there's about <laughs> three to four inch of clear water uh, pooling on one side of the water heater. And okay. it's where the overflow pipe is, but the pipe was dry. And there's adequate hot water uh, in the house, and the water heater, she guessed, was around five to six years old. So I'm wondering mm. what that means and what I should do about it. Well, let's think about this. Uh, there's two places that a water heater uh, valve could leak, and that's the drain valve itself, and also the temperature and pressure relief uh, valve. Now, the temperature pressure relief valve is one that's on the side that has a little lever on it. Don't touch the lever. A lot of people like to clean those out, quote-unquote, by opening the lever. The problem is it'll never shut again. Sometimes it gets stuck. You get a little bit of sand in there. But those are the two places to monitor. So if you are reaching your finger up inside the drain valve or the pipe for the temperature and pressure relief and you don't have any uh, water there, then that's, that's probably not the issue. Now, the other thing that can happen is if your water heater gets used a lot, so it's completely empty and then it refills and now it's refilling with cold water, and then the flame comes on, you will very often get condensation because you have a lot of moisture that's in the natural gas as it burns, and it strikes the underside of the water heater, and then it condenses. And you can sometimes even hear the water drip back onto the burner with that sort of sizzling sound as it goes down. And I've seen that happen in great enough quantity uh, to collect around the water heater. And then the other idea is that when you have it, is this in a basement? This in a basement. Okay. If the basement is very humid and the water heater, again, is refilling, so it, it tends to be cold, you can get condensation on the outside of the water heater jacket. So those are all things that can cause leaks without the tank rupturing. So I would look in those areas. A little bit of water is probably not going to be an issue. I'm more concerned that it's not an ongoing uh, situation. If it just happened because she emptied it and then it refilled and you had a lot of condensation, not so much of a problem. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, are you already thinking about your home improvement New Year's resolution list? Well, if you are and you need some help planning and figuring out what to do and how to get that job done, we are here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, we've got info on how to keep slippery sidewalks clear without chemicals that can harm your pet's sensitive paws. That's coming up after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Money Pit. 
making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you can be on the Money Pit by picking up the phone and giving us a call right now at one 888 Pit. Now, every hour each week, we give away a great prize to one of you lucky callers who gets on the air with your home improvement question. And this hour, we're giving away the Dremel 300 Series Rotary Tool. Now, it has a variable speed from 5,000 to 35,000 RPMs. And imagine you can just, you know, be in a little inflatable dinghy and put your Dremel tool in the water and just <laughs> kick button. That's what I imagine when I hear 35,000 RPMs. But this Dremel, it's got a lightweight design for great comfort and easier handling. And right now at Dremel.com, you can get tons of project ideas when you download the 30-minute Miracle brochure. And it includes dozens of project ideas that you can do with a rotary tool in 30 minutes. And now a rotary tool, especially the Dremel, it can be used for woodworking, crafts, home maintenance, hobbies. I promise you will see the Dremel tool and start thinking, hmm, what can I use this tool on? Can I carve this? <laughs> I, I, I remember getting my first Dremel tool, I want to say, God, 20 years ago. Yeah. And it, it still is in my toolkit. I love it to pieces, and I do truly try to find uses for it every single weekend. So call us right now. And when you have something you really need it for, you absolutely need that tool and nothing else. Nothing will replace it. It's true. Hey, let's talk about getting rid of snow. You're probably doing that a bit this week, and it's uh, one thing. But if you have to keep those sidewalks and driveways safe by putting down a de-icing product, well, that's something else. And if you've got pets... Harsh chemicals can be very hazardous. You know, their delicate paws could get a chemical burn, and they can even be poisoned if they lick their paws. So what's the solution? Well, you need to choose a pet-safe product. These pet-safe products are carried by many of the large pet store chains. Another option is to simply use sand or gravel for traction. You want to be sure to sweep between the storms, as both of these can get pretty messy. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You never know what your neighbors are putting down. So when you do take Fido or Fifi out for a walk, make sure you just wipe down their paws when you get back in the house, just in case. Good tip. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Marion, New Hampshire is dealing with an icy porch in the winter. Let's see if we can fix this. I have a fairly new home um, where the roof of the house and the roof of the garage come. It was gushing down water on my stairs, so I had gutters put on. But the gutters come at a right angle right over the porch, and it's still dripping, causing Hmm. ice to form on the stairs. Okay. And I want to know, do you have any ideas? Well, so the gutters intersect right over the porch, and and the problem is that you have two roofs that kind of come together and the water overflows the gutter? Is that what's going on? Right. If the gutter's leaking in an intersection, that's not unusual. You may need to seal that gutter with it come, where it comes together. You can use some roofing cement on the inside of that gutter to seal it because it should be a watertight seal. Roofing if you're get- cement. Roofing cement right inside the gutter where the seam is. If that's what's leaking, then that's how you fix it. Now, if because you have two roofs that are intersecting, that's it's so much water coming down there and it's overflowing or it's splashing, then that's another problem. And in that case, what you would want to do is go up higher on the roof and put in something called a diverter, which basically is sort of a piece of metal that is attached to the roof that catches some of the water and runs it away from that porch area so you divert some of the water off of that intersection that's overflowing and splashing. You follow me? Oh, I get you. So two All things. Right. Repair the leaky gutter and install the diverter. You'll be good to go. Rocky in Washington is doing a kitchen upgrade. How can we help you with that project? Yes, we installed new cabinets and countertops in our kitchen. I reinstalled the appliances, but the dishwasher has 
two mounting tabs along the top designed to screw into like a wood surface counter. Yep. And I'm trying to attach that to my granite countertop. I tried putting a daba silicone on each one and then clamping it, but that only lasted for about a week, so I okay. can't see you. Yeah. So the question is, how do I drill a granite countertop? And the answer is very carefully. <laughs> um, you do need to drill into the top, and then what happens is you um, you will epoxy in a plug, essentially, that's a, of a softer material that can actually take the screw. Now, you know, if you were to drill in there, for example, and then epoxy in a wood plug, then you could screw into the wood plug, and that's basically what you do. But drilling into this has to be done very, 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 very carefully. You need a masonry bit. You need a depth stop so that you don't go too deep. And although typically when you use a masonry bit, you use a masonry drill that vibrates. In this case, I wouldn't. I'd be very, very careful about it. By the way, who, who put the countertop in for you? Uh, a gentleman from another town that we hired. We hired both the cabinets and the countertops right. installed. And, and I'm just Any chance you could get them work. to come back and, and, and do this for you, perhaps when they're in the area? Because these guys do it all the time. Possibly, because we're talking about putting in one of those wireless switches for the garbage disposal anyway. All right. I would definitely recommend you go back to the installer because you've got a beautiful and very expensive countertop. And all you may, you may be able to do this successfully, one false move is going to make your wife hate you. Okay? So just to keep the peace, I'd get a pro in there for this one, because although it's not complicated, if you screw it up, it's going to be a big problem. All right. I appreciate your information. All right. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Just want to make sure we keep Rocky and his wife happy. (laughs) Happily married. Happily married, yeah. Can you imagine? All you hear from the from the kitchen is, oh, shoot, and there's oh pieces goodness. of countertop flying off all over the place. Well, and you know what? It's so funny. It's like you think you and myself, people who do home improvement projects all the time, when we were childproofing the kitchen, I got those magnetic locks for the kitchen cabinets. And, you know, they kept saying, oh, use a, a drill set so you don't drill through the cabinet door because you had to go in from behind. And I kept thinking, I'm not going to go through my wood cabinet door. Right. Sure enough, right through the right door. Right through, right? Right through the door. Yeah. And if I didn't learn my lesson the first time, I did it the second door as well. That's when I discovered how good the uh, the Minwax uh, wax crayons are for filling holes. Indeed. I once filled I once filled an entire eighth inch hole in a cabinet door with that stuff. Couldn't see it. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> Sandra in Texas, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I've been having a problem with my sharp knives. Not that I use them on anybody, but um, (laughs) (laughs) my sharp knives and my my glasses. Uh, When I run them through the dishwasher, uh, I get a a, a white film on the sharp knives and some of the glasses, not Mm -hmm. all of them. It's it's selective. Are you (laughs) using a rinsing agent in the dishwasher? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And that's not helping at all? No. Hmm. Okay. And have you changed dishwashing uh, detergent? Yes, I have. Well, it, I didn't change it. The formula changed of ah. the one I, uh, the cascade I used. I see. I noticed it happened more after they changed their formula. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think you might just want to be, uh, the easiest thing to do is to try to find a different dishwasher detergent that works better for you. I suspect that you may have hard water. And, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, and that's why you're getting these deposits. Now, there is a uh, system that uh, will soften the water. What's that called, Leslie? Easy? Um, 
It's easy water, I think. Easy water, yes. Uh-huh. Easy water. It electronically clamps onto the main water pipe and basically makes the hard water, uh, changes the pol- the polarity of the, of the mineral deposits inside the water so that they don't stick together anymore. And basically that stops it from sticking to stuff. But, you know, that's a, that's an investment to do that. The easiest thing for you to do is to just uh, rotate your dishwashing detergent until you find one that works better for you. Because like you said, you know, you had one that worked a little bit better. They changed the formulation, and now it's not so not so good. Don't you love when they say new and improved? That, that just, was not nice to yeah. do that. When they say okay. new and improved, it never quite is. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's better to leave well enough alone. You which... got it. Sandra, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Brandon in Ohio has a flooring question. How can we help you with your project? Um, well, we're putting in uh, a laminate wood plank flooring in an, our uh, living room, and it can it starts in our kitchen, and we want to continue it into the living room. But mm-hmm. there's a half inch drop between the kitchen and the living room. Not sure how to kind of raise up the floor so it can be level. Do you want to you want to raise it up, or do you want to have a gentle slope downward? Well, I. I guess I don't know what works because I, we didn't really want to put a transition piece between the two rooms. We just mm-hmm. kind of want, to, since it's all the all same material, mm-hmm. we just wanted it to flow smooth into the next room. Is it a doorway? It's it, there's no doorway. It's okay. kind of like an open when you first open our, our front door. There's two all right. Rooms. Well, well, look. You have two choices here. You can either have a saddle with an obvious you know point of demarcation and a step down. Or you could shim it or build up the floor so that there's a gentle slope downwards. You're either going to end up with a slopey floor, which is going to give you the sensation of walking downhill, or you're going to have a clean saddle and a step down. Well, and be a major problem for furnishings that would be along that wall in between yeah, exactly. the two spaces. You're going to have to shim, you know, china cabinets. I'd rather see you put a clear saddle across there and work it in the design. Whenever you have something odd like that, sometimes it's easier to shout about it and make it look like it was supposed to be that way than to try to hide it. You try to hide it with the slope, it's not going to feel right when you're walking on it. And like Leslie said, furniture issues and so on. Could be even unsafe, too. Mm-hmm. And a saddle is going to have a clear transition between the two. I mean, you'll see on either side on the base of the saddle, you know, where it is for one floor height and where it is for another. Where would I be finding a saddle to do that? Any oh, at, a, at, any, at any lumber yard, we'll have hardwood saddles. Well, and wouldn't the company that manufactures the laminate that he's purchasing also sell saddles? Perhaps. Yep, they should. Just check the lengths that are available in it. Except I would probably use a real wood than a laminate saddle. Okay. Just for durability issues? Yeah. Or? It's going to take a lot, of, a lot of beating. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, don't let a jammed garbage disposer put the brakes on your dinner. We'll walk you through the simple steps to unjam it next. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Brought to you by Thermatru Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Install a new energy-efficient Thermatru door today and qualify for up to a $1,500 tax credit. To learn more, visit thermatru.com slash tax credit.
where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Lamar in Utah has a venting question for Team Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Hi. I had uh, four vents installed when I had my roof reshingled. And uh, we've got extremes of weather here in Utah, very hot summers. And so it was recommended to put those vents in to help keep the heat out. But in the winter, it gets real cold, and I'm worried about energy loss. Ah, so you're wondering if you should seal those up in the winter? Yes. Uh, the, answer is, uh, the answer is absolutely not, because actually okay. they, they serve a very important purpose in the winter, Lamar, and that is to vent that attic space and let moisture escape. Now, so that your, your insulation works properly. Right. Your insulation has to be dry. If it's not dry, it won't insulate. So a drafty attic is actually a very good thing. Uh, what you should do if you're concerned about energy efficiency is making sure that you have plenty of insulation, probably at least 22 inches of fiberglass in your part of the country along that attic floor so that you have lots of resistance to heat loss. And then the ventilation will help keep that nice and dry and make All sure right. it's effective. So that, that was a good prevent. thing. They did you a favor. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. vents keep out the heat in the summer. They keep out the moisture in the winter and make sure the insulation works year-round. And, Lamar, yeah. you want your attic space to be the same temperature as it is outside. So if it's cold in the winter months, it's doing the job. Oh, terrific. You know, there's a good website with uh, tips on this topic. It's called insulateandsave.com. It's put together by the experts at Owens Corning. And there is a homeowner's guide to insulation that you can download on that website, which will give you a, sort of a more scientific explanation of why you need that ventilation and, and what you can do to make sure your house is really uh, as efficient as possible. Terrific. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Lamar. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, one of the hardest working appliances at the busiest cooking season of the year has got to be your garbage disposer. And you know what? Nothing puts the brakes on your kitchen cleanup like a jam disposer. Well, fixing that jam disposer is not hard if you know what to do. Here with step-by-step advice is Kevin O'Connor, host of TV's This Old House, and plumbing expert Richard Trithui. A very useful appliance when it works, correct, Kevin? You got that right. Garbage disposers are great. They make cleaning up the kitchen after a big dinner a lot easier. But we often take them for granted until they're jammed. For sure. And what causes jams? Well, you name it. It could be coins. A little dime can wreak havoc down in there. Bones, broken glass. We've seen turkey pins and even silverware. Now, what you want to do first is to identify on the disposer, everyone now has some sort of circuit breaker built in. It's called a reset button. At the very bottom of the unit, you can find a little red button. If you hit that button, it will clear the circuit breaker that may have tripped. And you may be back in business. But if it isn't, you have to go to the next level. With the power off, you try turning the motor from underneath with a special Allen wrench that's shipped with the disposer. If that doesn't work, you can try turning it from above, reaching down in with a special wrench. And you know what? I've actually used two broomsticks. You put them down inside and try to turn that grinding wheel. All right. Any other tips? Well, if you're buying a new disposer, look for one with a little bit of power. Three-quarter horsepower, I think, is about the minimum that I'd want. And there's also a great feature called auto-reverse that can help to clear a jam. And the best way to clear a jam is to actually prevent it from happening in the first place. All right, good to know. And to watch a step-by-step video of clearing a jammed disposer, visit us at thisoldhouse.com. And to watch a step-by-step video of people jamming a disposer, <laughs> come to my <laughs> house to us. anytime. <laughs> Richard, Kevin, thanks for stopping by the money pit. Great tips. Keep jamming, Tom. Always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, guys? Here's actually a bit of trivia, if you'll allow me to play Cliff Clavin for a moment. Most people actually call them garbage disposers. Disposals, but that name is actually the brand name of
of the first type that was ever manufactured. You know, it's sort of like Q-tip or Kleenex. You know, the brand name became the way the product's known as. Good point. Hey, for more tips from the team at TV's This Old House, you can watch them on PBS. And it's brought to you by The Home Depot. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. Still ahead, we know that you're enjoying your Christmas holiday right now, but the cleanup is just around the corner. We're going to have some tips to make that easier after this. Live in a body pit. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Every hour we choose a great prize to give to a caller. And this hour we're giving away the Dremel 300 Series Rotary Tool. It's got a variable speed which runs from 5,000 to 35,000 RPM and a lightweight design for comfort and easy handling. Worth 75 bucks. Going to go to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Yeah, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to hear what has happened at your money pit in this holiday season. I'm sure a lot of you are dealing with post-holiday, post-party cleanup. Perhaps you're still having a party before the new year. Well, here are some tips. If you've still got a big event to cook coming up this week, think about investing in some of those roaster bags. You can find them in the supermarket in the aisle where you'll find like plastic bags and foils, etc. And they really do work. I'm telling you, I have used them before and I have gone to cooking school and people would think you use these things you can use them. Basically, you put whatever you're roasting, whether it's beef or a bird of some sort, and you put all of your flavors and whatnot in there. Then you seal up the roasting bag and pop everything in the oven, and then your pan is spotless. One less thing to clean. Whenever I'm making appetizers for a party, I always line all of my pans with tin foil. Then I just take my tin foil, crinkle it up, put it in my recycle bin, don't have to wash the pans, which always take up a ton of space in the dishwasher, by the way, and, you know, give you dishpan hands if you choose to go at it that route. Now, wake up from your party and suddenly you realize there's a ton of scuff marks on my floor or somebody dragged a chair across my freshly painted wall. Here's a tip. Grab one of those Mr. Clean Magic Erasers and keep them under your sink. They are truly fantastic at getting anything and everything off of pretty much any surface. Here's the trick a lot of people don't realize, though. You have to wet them first. So make sure you wet it with some water, squeeze it out, then you can get scuff marks, you can get chair marks off of walls. You can get um, crayon off of walls. It really works fantastic. And if you keep some of these things in the house, it truly saves your cleanup time. Yeah, good point. And speaking of cleanup, our gift to you, the most popular article on our website this week has been natural cleaning products. If you search for recipes for natural cleaning products at moneypit.com, you will find a complete list of how to make polish, glass cleaner, toilet cleaner, toilet bowl cleaner, disinfectants, uh, drain openers, even cleaners for your microwave oven and your furniture polish and how to get that brass looking new again. All of that is online at moneypit.com, ready and waiting to help you with your post-holiday cleanup chores. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones and tackle some of those future home improvement projects. Beverly in Delaware needs some help with a heating question. What's going on? I need to know, we have an upstairs second floor that was uh, added on later before we bought the house, and there's two rooms with radiators, but there's a large hall upstairs that doesn't have any heat. Okay. Is it better to leave the doors open or to keep the doors closed to the other rooms? Does it help for the heating for this first floor? Well, um, are you using those rooms? Are you using both of those bedrooms? Not all the time. Okay, so, I mean, it's just like for guests or that sort of thing? Yeah. 
one is for gas, one is for an office. But we well, don't for, the, for the one that's for the guest, I'd keep the heat turned down there. You said it's radiators. Can you control the individual radiators by partially turning them off? We haven't done that. How do we do that with the radiators? Well, yeah. you can partially turn off the valve to the radiator. That will reduce the amount of, of heat that comes out of it. I mean, the bottom line is if you're not using the room and, you know, there, there's no bathroom in there, there's no pipes to freeze, I would try to cut as much of the heat as I possibly can. And I would keep the door closed. Okay. And the, the hall, you know, many hallways don't have heat because it gets it from downstairs. It wafts up. But, I mean, if you want to save some money in winter and you're not using a room, I would definitely try to... Do, do what I can to turn the heat off. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome, Beverly. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Dan in Colorado is looking for a water heater. How can we help you with that search? Uh, well, we've got a house with five bedrooms, three baths, and eventually uh, two adults and three kids were helping. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> water, water heater is about 12 years old. I know that's getting towards the end of its life. Mm-hmm. I was trying to decide whether we should go with a tankless water heater. Someone told me if you do that with that size of a house, you might want two, or if we should go with a high-efficiency heater with a tank. Both of those ideas are solid, and and here's why. Uh, A tankless water heater is only going to heat water when you need it, and because you have a large house, the tankless water heaters are also very small. You can have two of them. So you essentially zone your hot water. You have one upstairs, one downstairs. And what that's going to do is make sure you never have to wait very long for hot water. Because even if you have a tankless water heater, if it's in the basement and, you know, your master bath is up on the second floor, you know, it could take a few minutes for the hot water to go through the system and work its way up there. So that's why putting two in is a good idea. Now, the other option is a heat pump water heater, which is probably the most efficient out there right now. Yeah, there's actually a model out right now from Ream called the HP50, and it's super quiet. Does that involve a tank? I'm not real familiar with the heat pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brand new. It's a heat pump water heater. It's uh, sort of like a tanked water heater with a heat pump built into it. And basically, it's more energy efficient than either electric or even a gas water heater. You can save as much as about $300 a year on your energy cost. And it also qualifies for federal tax credits right now. So you can get up to $1,500 Uh, of the cost of the product. And you know what, Dan? Some of your local utility companies even offer an extra rebate. So if this is a model you're considering, you might want to contact your utility company just to see if there's something that your state or your local utility company might offer in addition. Yep. It's called a heat pump water heater. It's made by Ream, the HP50. And one would cover the whole house? You wouldn't need two? Yes, correct. You wouldn't need two. Okay, very good. Why don't you take a look at the website for Ream. It's R-H-E-E-M.com. And the website for that particular product is ReamHPWH.com for heat pump water heater. Okay? Very good. Thank you All both. Right. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Bill in Idaho is looking for some help with the doggy door. Tell us about your project. Yeah, I want to install a doggy door. Uh, it's for a medium-sized door, or a dog. Anyway, <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, in the summertime, it gets about 101, 102. But in the wintertime, you know, we're talking below zero here. Well, that's right. a nice range of climate. And so what I want is, uh, you know, something that I can put into there that I don't have Wally Water Drop come flying into the house. 
Yeah, you know, there are some uh, pretty um, good insulated extreme weather dog doors out there. I know PetSafe makes one that actually has like three layers. So there's like two vinyl flaps with like the magnetic weather stripping. Then there's a foam insulating layer in between. You could probably find that online if you search for extreme weather doors for pets. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, mold, moss, mildew. Three things you find in your refrigerator? Well, no, actually, we hope not. What is the difference? How do you get rid of this gross stuff that you see growing all around your house? Well, we're going to teach you how to do just that next. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. On air and online at moneypit.com. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook, you can simply text FAN THE MONEY PIT to FBOOK. That's 32665 from your cell phone, and you will be instantly added as a fan. You can also do that from our fan page, which is available through moneypit.com. And while you're online, you can click on the Ask Tom and Leslie icon, and you can email us your question. We've got some here for today. First up is John from Florida who writes, part of my front porch never gets sun. Never gets sun. I can't believe that. You're in the sunshine state. (laughs) All right. But it never gets sun and there's both moss and black mold growing on my wood railings. How do I get rid of it? And is there a way to prevent it from coming back? Well, first we should point out that one of the reasons that your railing has um, mildew probably growing on it is because you don't have a lot of sun. If you have a shady side of your house, you're more likely to get that type of moss and mildew growth. Doubt it's black mold, although mm-hmm. frankly, everybody calls it that. So we just kind of take that with a grain of salt. In terms of how to get rid of it, you're going to need to use an oxygenated bleach product on that, a product like OxyClean or Jomax, or even mix up some bleach and water. We want you to protect your plants, which are right under them potentially, so that they you don't kill them. We want to have a nice clean railing, but we don't want you to get rid of all that nice landscaping that's surrounding it. Uh, and then uh, if the railing looks like perhaps it needs uh, a new paint job, the next time you paint it, mix in some mildecide. There are mildecide additives into the paint, and that will help perhaps slow the growth of mildew uh, mm-hmm. on the return. And keep an eye on it. Uh, usually by the time you get to it, it's real you know, obvious. It's pretty thick. If you clean it on a regular basis, then you don't really give it a chance to build mm-hmm. up. And you know what, John? I mean, because you live in Florida and you have high humidity and there's tons of sunshine, everything that you have in your yard and perhaps just trees on your property will grow and grow and grow and grow. So whatever you can do to cut something back or prune a bush or whatever to just allow more sunlight to get on that area of the deck will really help to hinder the growth of the mildew. So see what you can prune back. And you know what? By cutting all that back, you'll make your house look a lot bigger as well. All right. Now we've got one here from Patricia in New Jersey who writes, what's the best way to measure carpet, especially when stairs are concerned? I need to order carpet for my double set of stairs with a landing in between and a hallway upstairs with odd shaped nooks and corners. I don't want to be short or pay for extra that I don't need which I'm afraid will happen if the carpet store measures it. Uh, Good point. Um, Here's what you do. Typically, you take length times width of the space that you need the carpet on, and you divide it by eight. Now, that's going to give you the number of yards. And the reason we say divided by eight instead of divided by the nine square feet that's found in a yard is because you're allowing for some waste, which is going to be necessary in order to get the the patterns to line up Mm -hmm. and just to have everything sort of work out. Now, in terms of the carpet, I would count each tread 
as a single yard. Carpeting stairs really takes quite a bit of carpet because you've got to wrap it across the tread, around the nose, down the riser, wrap the sides if you're going to do it that way. So if you figure one yard for every tread of stairs and then take length times width of all the other areas and divide it by Mm -hmm. eight, you will know how many yards you're going to need to budget for. Mm -hmm. And you know, Patricia, you can work each area separately. As Tom mentioned, you know, measure the landing, figure that as one. Just keep a notepad with all of the areas on it. And then when you're done, add up all those sums and that'll help you out tremendously there. All right. Bill in Ohio writes, I I have a pink substance on the shower floor that won't go away. I think it's from the water, but it only appears in the shower. Uh, It might be hard water deposits, and probably the best product to use there is CLR, which stands for calcium, lime, and rust. It's a really great bathroom cleaner, and I'm sure it will take that right away. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Bill? You can pick it up at any store, and it works instantly, and your bathroom will seem brand spanking new. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this holiday week with us. We hope that you are having a wonderful week at home with family and with friends. Be careful on all those visits. Lots of people on the roads right now. Take it easy. Enjoy it. We're going to see you next year. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. <laughs>